Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we pay an 800 bell markup on Ticketmaster to get tickets to DJKK at Nintendo Live. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be going through the news from the week, including updates to Nintendo Switch Sports and Mario Strikers Battle League. And then on Thursday, we are coming up with other games that we believe could use a naive angel mode. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, Patrick, let me ask you, how are you doing? Oh geez, uh, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, I'm never prepared for you to throw this question back oh, at me. Oh man, I I I feel like I I've just gotten through my spiel at the top of the show, and I'm like, let <laughs> no. Mark carry it. For yeah, a no, 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 that's fair. That's totally fair. I can tell you something that is happening with me. I um, am traveling right now, and uh, at the undisclosed location at which I am at. I right. found volcano base. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They had a t- they had a type of um, Lacroix that I'd never seen before. <laughs> it's but it's black or blueberry cucumber, and it tastes like neither of those things. But uh. but it tastes fine. It's like it's really um like artificially you know like flavory like tastes very yeah. chemically, but in a way that you're like this is satisfying. Um, I, when you started to say the flavor and eventually landed on blueberry cucumber, um, I was relieved because I thought the first word was going to be butter. I thought you were going to tell me that you discovered like a buttered rum, uh, uh, LaCroix or like, uh, uh, I, I don't know, like a butterscotch LaCroix or something like I just I, I I didn't see it ending well. I mean, it can't be worse than coconut. Am I right, folks? Am I right? Wow. Okay. There's no no real response from the from the crowd on that one. <laughs> rough crowd uh, speaking tonight. of things, speaking of uh, having a rough crowd tonight, uh, the Sonic Forces borrowing program. Would you like to participate in it? You can. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail dot com. And give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. I'm gesticulating with a remote that's like making a little bit of noise. I apologize. Um, if you, this is my honest to god copy of this game. If you would like to have it in your home for a couple days, or in like a, a PO box far away from your home uh, for a couple days, get on the list. I'll send it to you. Uh, I pay for the postage there. I pay for the postage back. It is the perfect borrowing program. There may be a chance that you get a copy of Untitled Goose Game in a Sonic Forces box. That's all part of the program. No need to be alarmed. No need to even change anything about what you were going to do. You play it for a little bit. You send it back. It is not a prank. No. No. I I don't think we've established this enough that the Sonic Forces borrowing program is not a prank. It is real. It is not a joke. It is real. So if uh, if you sign up, you are really signing up to get my copy of this game. 
for however long you want and then send it back. Here's another thing that's not a joke. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that you get your podcast. We appreciate it so much. It helps people find the show. Um, Patrick and I really love reading your reviews. Thank you to everyone who has left us a five-star review. If you leave us a review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we can see it, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. If you leave us a review anywhere else, we can't see it, but we still want to give you a shout-out. Um, so hit us up on Twitter, send us an email, let us know. And this week, thank you so much to Money Cut, who left us a really nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much, Money Cut. Uh, and they mentioned in the review that they found us through Video Games, a comedy show, which is a good segue to tell you that yesterday, Patrick and I were on an episode of Video Games, a comedy show that released where we drafted uh, Dream or NES games that we basically would want to have to play for the rest of our lives. As, as we slowly die on deserted planets after our, our spaceship is struck by an asteroid. Um, it was great. We had a super fun time. Previous guests on this show um, were, were on there along with four other people. It was a madhouse. There were so many of us drafting games. Uh, go check it out. Uh, give, give the show a listen. It was a super fun time. Also, you should get in our Discord because if you were in our Discord, you already would have seen me posting a link to the episode there. Um, if you want to get in the Discord, just email us, uh, hit us up on Twitter, <clears throat> any way that you know to reach out to us. Uh, we'll send you an invite and then you can get right in there uh, just like that. And then lastly, uh, we are going to be ranking, ranking, Mark, determining a full ranking of all the courses in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, and that is such a Herculean undertaking that we need your help. So please write into us, hit us up on the Discord, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think about various courses in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, ones you love, ones you hate, ones that would be cool if only one thing about them was better. Um, and, and anything like that, let us know. We need your hot takes and get those in by august 19th um and i know that seems like super far away but it's, it'll be here before you know it so don't delay august 1st is next week think about that it's next monday unfathomable and yet it is real yes it is both unbelievable and must be believed um mark we got an email here from jimmy jimmy writes um hi Mark and Patrick really enjoyed your episode on on the famous foursomes as Nintendo characters. I really hope you do another episode in the future as I am looking forward to see who from the Nintendo Pantheon would be cast as the Golden Girls. Mm. I really appreciate the work that you do and thank you for the kind and positive podcast. It is a bright spot in my week, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. That's very nice. Of thank you. To you. Say. <clears throat> so it turns out that the subject of, hey, what about the Golden Girls? Um was broached uh, both in uh, texts uh, to me from my buddy Pete um, and uh, in our Discord. Um, so, uh, Mark, I think we got to run through it. I think we got to do the Golden Girls. Um, when it came up in the Discord, um, Alana offered uh, uh, the, the following lineup. She offered um, Isabel as Rose, Pearl as Blanche, Marina as Dorothy, and Breath of the Wild Imp Impa as Sophia. Now, the part of this that I think is absolutely perfect is the Breath of the Wild Impa as Sophia. Yeah, that's very good. Um, small, wrinkly, has an attitude. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that she was hot when she was younger. You know, like it's... 
<laughs> it's it, it's all in there. Um, but and well, I think uh, Alana's other picks are are, are good. I think uh, we we can come up with with our own. So, uh, Mark, do you have any any ideas for the rest of the Golden Girls? Okay, so starting with Rose, I um actually, I mean, really, we can start with any of them because I don't have great picks off the top of my head. Rose, I'm just trying to conjure who has like that like is ditzy but also has that like midwestern pleasantness okay i'm gonna say something and you can tell me you can tell me to stick my head in the sand or whatever yoshi (laughs) okay i actually (laughs) no no no. i'm i'm letting i'm letting yoshi wash over over you yeah it's it's an unexpected choice but i don't Mm -hmm. dislike it at all because i think yoshi they're um as much as, you know, like, Rose is portrayed as ditzy, she can also be, like, uh, witty and very, like, cutting. Yes. And I yes. and, and th- Yoshi has that same energy to me. Yoshi's very, like, playful and fun and happy-go-lucky. I got yeah, there. Yeah, you got it. You, um, you nailed it. But uh, could at any moment turn you into an egg and throw you over a cliff. Yeah, totally. Well, and I, I think there's also, like... There's always the part of Rose where it's like, how much does she know she's like being funny? Right. You know? Um, And I think Yoshi is like that too, where you're like, how much, how much is he aware of? How, how much can he think? You know? Um, I I also feel like of the Nintendo Pantheon, he's the most likely to be engaged to somebody who used to be, who's like hiding out from the mob. Yeah, totally. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I have a pitch for Blanche as well. Okay, so Blanche is the Southern Belle who is um, uh, loose. Are you are you trying not to say the <laughs> slutty one? Yeah, I am. I am. But uh, no need. We got there. Um, Pauline. <laughs> so the thing that Pauline has going for her as a Southern Belle is the enormous hat. That feels very that hat's appropriate. So big. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I feel I, like, yeah, I, I just, I, I feel like Pauline's uh, southern roots have been papered over by uh, the more modern interpretation because she used to be wearing that like flowy pink dress. Oh, like, sure, you yeah. Know, I think, and like her like handbag had like sort of a an old southern lady like thing that she carries a parasol. Like I think there was like a southern aristocracy sort of thing happening with that character that has since been since been expunged. I think what's really I, I like that pick. I say we 100% go with it, but I what I think is really important is that Patrick and I are not um making any judgments on no. her, on her choices. She just seems like a good pick. Yes. Wait, whose choices aren't we casting any aspersions uh, Pauline, on? Uh, we're not calling Pauline a slut, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I see, I see. I mean, we are because we're casting her as Blanche, but like... I like Blanche! <laughs> everybody likes Blanche. We all want to be Blanche, okay? That just leaves us with Dorothy, then. Who do you think plays a good Dorothy? I think Falco pay- plays a good Dorothy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think it it it, it warrants no defense. Okay. Uh, F- Falco is 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 our Dorothy, and of course, who did I say, Sophia? Oh, we went with um the Breath of the Wild Impa. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um, Alana's perfect pick. Um, 
Thank you so much, Jimmy, uh, for, for the email. Thank you to everyone who uh, it, it enjoyed the the famous foursomes episode. Uh, will we have to do another episode at some point? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've got to say, J-Bear on the Discord also had a pretty rocking Scooby-Doo gang. Um, so that's two, like, groups of five that... Um, oh, wait, no. Golden Girls is four. How did we miss Golden Girls? Uh, well, so I think I steered us away from sitcoms. Oh, um, sure. Because we did do, uh, when we did Mario Vision in the wake of WandaVision, we sort of did uh, sitcom, uh, and we maybe even talked about, we may have already done a Golden Girls in our Mario Vision episode, now that I'm talking about it. But, like, Seinfeld could have been in, you know, the, the, the yeah, foursomes, too. True. So, that's yeah, true. that's true. That's very true. I mean, because we also could have done, like, um, uh, uh, Steve Urkel, Stefan, uh urquette the robot the robot (laughs) so you're right sitcoms are it's endless right right so i don't know are we just pitching show ideas at each other now who knows um mark let's get into what we've been playing this week mark you've been playing portal i want to hear more about that okay so um all right, I'm just going to come out and say it. I have a confession up front. Last week, I was like, I'm not going to use a guide. I ended up using a guide for... There was one puzzle I just could not, for the life of me, figure out. Um, I guess spoilers for Portal, because I'm about to explain what I need to figure out. Um, so uh, if you... There was an area where basically I needed to like jump through... Uh, shoot a port one portal in the, the side of the wall one portal in a different room like in the ground and because I needed to build up enough momentum for mm-hmm. the portal on the side of the ground to like shoot me out but um, I didn't have enough height to get that momentum and the piece that I was missing is that once I jumped through the hole in the floor came out the sideways portal I needed to quickly shoot another hole in the floor yes. so that way I would like fall from a higher height but still come out that portal and like get that momentum and so i could not for the life of me figure that out but once i got that it was like it, w- it was totally was one of those like oh that is so like clear the, what i should have done in hindsight but um, but yeah. but that that feels less like a like you using a guide to solve a puzzle for you and more like you used a guide and you learned a new trick in the game because you have to apply that same logic multiple times throughout the game. Yeah, you you do. That's true. So thank you for absolving me of <laughs> using a guide. <laughs> I didn't say I that. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I, it's it's like I didn't use a guide. You're right. But no, I, I I mean, listeners, longtime listeners of the show know I use guides for all the time. So there's no shame in using a guide. It was just something that I was like trying to, you know, uh get through portal with using it as little as possible i haven't finished it yet i'm on puzzle 18 of like i don't know if there's actually 19 but the way the game presents it you're like building up to 19 i don't know what happens after that or um you know anyways it's a delight portal's great yeah you got you got more game ahead of you and you've got more like delightful things that like um uh it's it's building on itself right now it has yet to like deconstruct itself um so i i look forward to you uh getting to that point of of deconstruction um mark i spent some time last week playing my zelda game and watch because i have it at the office um and i've been alone in the office all week um because of covid19 stuff um so on my lunch break i've just been uh there playing it 
Uh, and so I've played a fair amount of Vermin. Um, but uh, after uh, taking some crap for it last week, I was like, you know what? I want to play Zelda 2 because Zelda 2 is on that thing. Um, and uh, I, I got beat up a little bit on the uh, the episode of uh, Video Games, a uh, comedy show for um, representing my love for uh, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Um, and I started playing the Japanese version of uh, Zelda 2, which I'd never done before, and I didn't realize how many differences there are between the Japanese and uh, like Western versions of Zelda 2. Mark, are you aware of these differences? No, not at all. So there's like there's a sort of basic like difference in uh, the the music, right? So the uh, in Japan it's part of the Famicom Disk System, so like it's able to access um, different sound chip like samples. So like there's that. Um, but uh, like every, <clears throat> there are so many little things that are are, are different. Um, when you level up, you can choose what attribute you want to level up. Um, so like if you want to just like go super hard on attack and just like level up to level eight attack right away, you can in your first eight levels. Um, if you ever continue or uh, save and quit. Um, all of your levels are reset to the lowest of the three. So, you know, there's like attack, magic, and life. So if you did what I did, or what I said I did, <laughs> and just put all of your uh, things into attack uh, and nothing into magic, then when you die and start over, you're back down at the same level that magic is. So you're back at level one for all of those. Um, so, and, and then there are just like lots of little differences you every item you pick up in the japanese version you have to stab uh you link doesn't like hold it over his head when he collects it um items in the dark projectiles in the dark don't appear um in the american version of the game if an octorok spits a, a rock at you you see like a little flashy thing does not appear at all in the japanese version um uh there are other things oh the the enemies as they appear on the overworld map are different um like the graphics are are totally different the uh the temple where you first see zelda like right at the beginning looks different um it's just like it, it it blew me away how many little differences little cosmetic differences there were uh, in in the first like hour or two of playing that game how interesting i so it sounds like a lot of the changes that they made for the u.s version made the game easier i guess is that even is that true or just different <laughs> I, I think just different in a lot of ways. I, I do think that they made the game better uh, in, in, in the, uh, the Western version um, having like a, a, a moment of animation where like link holds up an item, uh, you know, that makes it feel more triumphant to get it. So like, great. Um, and uh, getting a little bit more obvious information about whether you're going to fight a hard enemy or an easy enemy on the world map. Um, that's better. Uh and just like little stuff like that, uh, I think it, they also like they smooth out the leveling up thing where it's like they're never going to put you in a position where you accidentally level up uh, to attack level eight and then get knocked down um, to, to one. Uh, so I, I, I do think that the Western version is better. But uh, either way, I just like this game. And be, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that leads. I don't know where that leaves me. I don't know where that leaves Zelda 2, but uh, I just like it. We've also both, of course, been playing Live Alive, which came out last week. Yes. So possible light spoilers for the experience of playing Live Alive. Um, 
uh, Mark and I are, are ne- neither of us have finished the um, like seven chapters of uh, the, the the characters yet, and I don't believe that we intend to spoil what happens in any of the chapters. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to talk more generally about our experiences, what we've been through so far. Um, Mark, you are uh, still working your way through the the first chapter that that you selected, uh, and I would love to know what chapter that is. I started with the Western chapter. I was debating between like Western and the um, like ancient China chapter, but I decided to do the Western one. I know that uh, Wild Arms, the franchise exists, which is an RPG set in you know like um, uh, the old American West. But I have not played that series, and I really liked the idea of playing an RPG in that setting. And so yeah, that that's the one I started with. Um, Mark, there are several ways in which you and I are different. This is not one. <laughs> that's that's where I started as well. Um, what what do you think of the Sundown Kids story? So, um, I am really enjoying it. I am. I think what I'm enjoying is, um, I guess to it's a little bit difficult to talk about without like spoiling some of like the story beats in it. But what I, what I think is interesting is that it is more than just at this story at this point in it, I've only played for about an hour is that it is more than just like an RP. It is more than just combat, which, um, has been fun and interesting. Well, and, uh, I mean that 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 is very funny that you say that because there is one of the scenarios that is just combat. Um, the what 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 I have found so far, uh, and I'm I'm I've I've done four chapters. I did uh, the Old West. I did Twilight of Edo, Japan. I did um, the Distant Future, um, and then uh, Modern Day. Um, and all four of them have a premise to them that is so strong, like a gameplay premise to them that is so strong that it could be its own game. Like you could have a whole game based around uh, what makes the distant future different from uh, Twilight of Edo Japan or Twilight of Edo Japan different from um, the the Wild West. Uh, And it's amazing to me that these aren't all full-fledged games. That's cool. So that's actually gives makes me excited to see what the other stories have. So I, you know, like I said, I've I've only been playing for about an hour, and it feels like I'm kind of coming relatively close. I would say to the end of um, the Western story, unless you know is a lot more reveals itself. And so I'm curious, like how long you would say each of these are. So, with with the exception of the um the modern day chapter, I think they each last like an hour and a half, okay. maybe two hours. Um, the uh the 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 modern day one, I think I probably got through in less than an hour. Um, because it's just it's uh it's set up like a well, I, I don't want I don't want to give anything away. Okay, okay. Um, uh, but it's uh, it's 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 very brief. It's very fun. Um, and very focused on the combat. Um, and you know, like like you said, the the old west one. Uh, very light in combat um, and, and like really I think you can get through that with just two fights like the the whole thing with with, with just two fights um, so like 
don't know. It's it's interesting. I when I get through all of them, I want to like work up in my head like what I think the ideal order to play them in is. Um, because uh, the distant future, you can do, <clears throat> you can do this in future with a single fight, um, which is like such a cool kind of. You know, like it's a, it's a, it's an RPG, and like you, they only make you do one fight. Um, it's all very, it's all just very interesting. The the way it approaches uh, having different priorities in in gameplay. That makes me really excited to play the other chapters and kind of see which e- what each one holds, especially because it sounds like they don't dwell too long on any of them. Um, yeah. And so they don't really wear out their welcome. Uh, can I, for a moment, just sing the praises of HD2D a little bit? Because I've only yes. ever played uh, Octopath Traveler before, which was their first go at it. And I thought visually that like that game was very good. But it feels like such a good medium for them to remake 16-bit games in. Because totally. it, it still feels like a 16-bit game, but it just looks really good. Yeah, and I, I honestly I think that um, HD two D is better served remaking sixteen bit games than uh, like striking out their own visual identity. Um, nothing against uh, Triangle Strategy or Octopath Traveler, um, but they both have this sort of like muted color palette and you know like sort of a, a, a reliance on the sort of like particle effects and like lighting and all this kind of stuff, which is present in um, Live Alive, but like they also have the original aesthetics of like the bright, colorful 16-bit graphics that like lead the way there, and I think it's so much better for it. Like. The games, the game, I called them games because they all feel so different. The game feels so colorful and so alive um, and so, like, vibrant. Uh, it, it's I, 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 It makes me all the more excited for the uh, Dragon Quest III remake. Um, and, yeah, I just, I, I want to see, I want to see all the Super Nintendo games uh, remade in this style. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing, and I am not a prude. I promise you, I'm not a prude. I could not believe. I could not believe how much. There's so much swearing. Uh, there yes. is so much swearing. I was so surprised. I was so surprised. Yeah, there's a lot of well, and in the Sundown Kids story. So like in the Old West story, there's a lot of swearing, um, and then there's a lot of violence. Even though there's not a lot of combat, but there's like a lot of like gruesome violence in the distant future one. Um, I don't know. It's. Again, I don't. I don't want to give away too much about like any of any of the stories here, but like, um, there are things. There are sort of like story tropes that you'll recognize as you're playing through. I'll I'll, I'll give away a little bit of the um, the uh, the old west one. It's basically a, a seven samurai story, right? Of like, um, helping the town beef up its own defenses against like the the outlaws that are are planning to invade in the morning. Um, that's like the hook of it there are a few like other little wrinkles in there um but like as you're playing there are uh you just see like those those other tropes kind of like sneaking in and uh making it so that you immediately understand what kind of story you're participating in and then you just get to play it yeah that's cool that uh, again that makes me super excited to play some of the other chapters with this idea that like oh yeah well I mean, it makes sense that in the Western one that they would swear because they're like salty cowboys. And, you know, it's yep. like and uh, so to see those tropes from the other eras 
and how they get incorporated into the game. I don't know. I, I find it really, uh, I, again, I've just, I've just playing one chapter, but I just find it really enjoyable. Let me ask you about the music um, because the, uh, the, the main track in uh, the, the old West um, has this like whistly melody in it, um, uh, which got on my nerves real fast. <laughs> Yeah. Um, generally, I think the music is good, but that one track, I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> okay. No, I, I was, I, I d- really, d- I do not think the music in the Old West one is very good, and so, yes. or at least it's not memorable. And like you said, there's one track that incorporates like a high pitched whistle, and it is uh, a little bit grating. Um, but it's good to hear that. I guess it gets better in other chapters. I that 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 was kind of like the one want want moment in the whole game where it's just like yeah. it, it's fine occasionally annoying but um not really memorable in the old west chapter i would say um the music in the uh modern day and distant future i thought were great like, oh okay cool um uh, perfect to the genres of, of things that they're doing um and just like a, a just awesome so um we will be talking more about live alive uh i'm sure every week for for uh, a little while mark was there something you wanted to add no no um just i'm excited to keep getting deeper into it yeah me too um all right uh that's what we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week so last thursday um, three games were added to the Nintendo Switch Online, two for the Super Nintendo and one for the NES. On the Super Nintendo, we got Kirby's Avalanche and Fighter's History. And on the NES, we got Deva Story 6, Imperial of Nisar- Nisartia. Nisartia. <laughs> near sardia <laughs> um mark I, I i withheld the 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 full truth from you i've been playing also kirby's avalanche and a uh, fighter's history whoa a um, twist a twist i've been playing more of these games uh fighter's history is a bad uh street fighter knockoff um the like it is really not very good at all uh a- after playing it for okay so i i started <laughs> i started playing uh fighter's history knowing nothing about it selected a character, did the arcade mode, and beat it without continuing and was done playing the game in about 30 minutes. Um, later, I was reading up uh, about the series, and it turns out that all the characters have like weak spots that you're supposed to hit them in. Um, and when you hit them there in their weak spot repeatedly, then they get like dizzy and it's easier to, to take them out. I found the game to be just impossibly easy anyway. Um, some cool like 16 bit background uh, backgrounds for the fighting game stages, but uh, you know, kind of a, kind of a crum- crummy game overall. Um, and then Kirby's avalanche is another it's just panel. Puyo. Th- oh, it's Puyo. It's Puyo. Yes. Um, so it is very much like Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine. Um, except you are Kirby and you're, you know, playing Puyo against, um, you know, the bad guys in, in Kirby's world. So what do we know about Diva Story 6? Okay, so Diva Story 6 was a Famicom game um, that ha- that takes place in, like, three different, like, gameplay modes. There's, like, a strategy portion. There's a, um, like, side-scrolling uh, shooting portion. And then a third that I don't know what that is. Um, 
and it's supposed to be like a, a technical marvel of like I can't believe this came a little bit like uh, Blaster Master, right? Which has like the two um, different like modes of play, um, but this has three. Uh, but even still, I'd uh, never heard of it before uh, it came out on the uh, Nintendo Switch Online, and I have not given it a shot yet. Um, but you know, what are you supposed to do when there's a, a new Puyo Puyo game that I can play as Kirby? I mean. Totally. But I do I do like that um, they continue to release these previously like Famicom exclusive games. Yeah, I like that too. Um, one thing that, uh, so the Japanese Nintendo Switch Online subscribers, instead of getting Kirby's Avalanche, got uh, Kirby's Superstar Stacker, which is a sequel to the Game Boy game uh, Kirby's Star Stacker, um, which is like Panel to Pawn, but not quite. Um and it's supposed to be kind of a, a, a cool, fun game, and I would like to play it. I suppose I could play the original Kirby Star Stacker on my Game Boy. Um, I, I could do that. Um, but I wanted to play it on uh, the Super Nintendo. Well, maybe we'll get it someday. Maybe they just uh, felt like it was too much paneled upon. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because we are all still playing uh, Pokemon Puzzle League, uh, which I, I could not be happier with. And then on Thursday, Azure Striker Gunvolt 3 is released on the Switch eShop. I'm kind of surprised that they keep making these uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt games um, that Inti Creates is just on fire uh, just making these games. And then on Friday, July 29th, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is released and also Digimon Survive. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So everyone, uh, you know, rush through your uh, copy of Live Alive so you can get to the next JRPG in time. You know, I I have to admit, I uh, after the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Direct, I was way more interested in the game than I was previously, but with Live Alive coming out so close to Xenoblade Chronicles 3, is like, I'm going to be JRPG overload, and, you know, there's no way I'm going to pick th- them both up. But if the the one chapter that I've played of Live Alive so far <laughs> is any indication, it is so different from, like... Um, kind of like what i had in my head of, of what a jrpg is totally that i think i might pick up xenoblade chronicles 3 and i don't think i'll play it immediately but i'm kind of excited to check it out i also feel like uh xenoblade chronicles 3 is gonna be long enough and meaty enough that like it'll keep you know what i mean like it, totally it, it'll it'll still be good when you get to it yeah. or still be bad like you know <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, uh, those are the new those are the new releases. Let's close this out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, what do you got for us? All right, so Patrick, I have in front of me a list of the top 10 baby names in the United States of 2021 as provided by the Social Security Administration. So. Uh, there's a list for so mail. So are our taxes paid for this list? <laughs> our taxes paid for the yeah. Four thirty three brought to you by our taxes. Um, yeah. I so there's a male list and a female list. Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the number five name on this list. Uh, I guess we'll start with female list, and then 
I'm going to give you other names on the list, and you have to guess whether they're higher or lower. Does that make sense? Okay, and yes. So either they are more popular or less popular than the number five yes. name. Okay, and, and what year are these baby names from? This is from last year. This is 2021. So people who are having babies now, what are they naming their babies? So there's not going to be like a Daenerys on here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I yeah, guess, we'll see. I we'll guess see. you're All about right. to find out. So, yeah, okay. Right. Number five is Ava. Fifth most popular female name of 2021. Okay. You have that in your mm-hmm. mind as your uh, yes. your cornerstone. Okay. Yes. And I just want to say that that fits like the narrative in my head of what baby names sound like now. Vowel heavy, soft consonants. Okay. Two syllables. <laughs> Perfect. Okay? Perfect. Okay. Um, uh, Harper. Ooh, Harper. Over or under? I'm going to say Harper is under. You're correct. Harper is number 10. Harper less popular than Ava. Isabella. I'm also going to say less popular. You're right. That is Isabella is number seven. Mm-hmm. Amelia. Amelia, I'm going to say is more popular. You're than right. Ava. You're right. It's uh, it's number four. What about Emma? Ooh, Emma's number one. Ooh, very close. Emma is number <laughs> two. Do you want to take Emma? Emma is just Ava with a softer consonant. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess at what number one is? Uh, is it like Leah? It You're not that far off. It's or uh, Maya? Okay, so Maya comes in at number eight. Um, no, no, no. Number one. So you said, you said, uh, what'd you say? I, I said, I said Leah. Okay, you're not that far off. It's Olivia. Olivia, yeah, okay, was number right. one number one female name in 2021. Should we should we move over to the uh, the male names? Yes. Okay. So your uh, median here is James. James, my middle name. Okay, uh-huh. great. Also, I just want to say that I reject this whole gender binary thing, but let's keep doing this. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just how the lists are presented. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, so okay, Noah more popular you're right yeah noah's this was the second most popular in 2021 how about elijah Ooh, less popular Ooh, no elijah oh is, uh, uh, elijah is more popular than james but it's number four so it's close okay uh that, that was my first wrong answer by the way <laughs> yeah no uh, very impressive uh how about oliver oliver's tough i'm gonna say less popular Oliver is more popular. It is number three. Wow. Do you, I don't know little boys' names. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to take a guess at um, what the number one? Yes, I'm gonna name? say number one. Number one is Owen. It is no, Owen does not make the top ten. What? Well, um, I oh the Obi Wan series on Disney Plus hadn't come out yet, so. Oh sure, okay. Tw- well, that's twenty twenty two is Owen's year. Oh, twenty twenty one. Oh, okay. All <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's Owen's year for sure. Uh, number one is Liam. Liam was the number Liam. one. Uh huh. You know, Liam is just uh, another way to say Owen. I think. <laughs> Do you know? I reject. Uh, I reject this list. Um, because it doesn't have Mark or Patrick on it, which just seems insane to me. Too many hard consonants. <laughs> Your right. name. I mean, first of all, and, and I have an insane uh, consonant cluster in the middle of my name. T-R, like Patrick, like it always comes out as a ch, right? <laughs> Patrick. Um, 
Uh, and and your your name, first of all, only one syllable. Get it out of here. Uh, and then the hard K at the end. All right. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's the, that's the timer. Uh, we were accompanied today. Oops. We are still being accompanied today. Stop it. Oh, no. Oh, no. How do I? Mark. Mark, I don't know how to work my own phone. We were accompanied today by a stopwatch on my phone. <laughs> All right, Mark. Uh, let's get into the news. An update to Nintendo Switch Sports launches today, July 26th. Um, there's a couple of updates. One to soccer. So in four-on-four and one-on-one -on -one soccer, you'll be able to use the leg strap now. A kicking motion in real life will translate to a kick in the game, and so it's important. It's important to note here that this is not uh, this is not the functionality that we that you and I specifically were like. Is that already in the game? It, this isn't part of the shootout um, like mini game in within soccer. It is just for the main soccer mode. You can also use the leg strap to kick. That's right. And they also changed it so now you can move your hand. Like, if you move your hands, like if you're jogging in place, that'll make you dash in the game. And if you're doing that uh, and you're dashing, then it makes your kicks more powerful. Mm, okay. Yeah, interesting little, like, uh, optimizations there. What's very interesting about that to me is that, like, so you can be, move like, pumping your hands to, like, run – um, while also controlling like the direction of your run with a thumbstick that's in the hand that you're pumping. Yeah, you have to. I like, don't think there's any other way yeah. to control it. Yeah, that's wild. Well, because also if I mean, I guess if you are not playing with the leg strap while you, unless you're going to stop pumping your arms. Oh yeah, and then kick like it's all like you have to do all these button combinations while you're pumping your arms. Yeah, wait a minute. So if you have the leg strap on, how are you controlling the direction that you're running? Because the left Joy-Con is in that is in the leg strap. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Does it move it all over to the right Joy-Con that it, you're uh, controlling? It must. Your, this is a, huh. we we will never despite the best efforts of our listeners to educate us, we will never understand how the leg strap works in Nintendo Switch Sports. The more we understand, the more that's mysteries right. it reveals to us. Um, yeah, that's so if, right. if anybody knows, let us know so we can be educated even the little, littlest bit more. Uh, you can try, but again, we will never learn. <laughs> uh, they also, again, these like interesting optimizations. To volleyball, they added new moves, a slide attack and a rocket serve. Um, the, hmm. pr the press release says that you can make your spikes even more unpredictable or catch your opponents by surprise right from the start of the match. So it's two new moves in volleyball. They also added a new S rank and infi infinity rank or infinite rank when playing in pro league online. Um, they added room IDs to make it easier to join friend matches. So that's everything that is in the update today. Golf, of course, is still planned to be added this fall as the seventh sport, but we don't have any other information on like release timing or anything like that. Um, that's all very cool. It's neat that we're getting updates now that weren't part of like knowing that golf was out there and that we were going to get golf eventually. Right. Was always like, oh, OK, that's cool. Why isn't golf in it from from the jump? But just knowing that they like at some point we're like oh you know we can't we have these other features we could also just add to the game um 
it makes me wonder how much more there is to this game. Yeah, it also makes me wonder, like with the um, like the leg strap, we knew that it was the functionality was going to be added to four on four on one on one soccer, but it it doesn't feel to me, and I could be completely wrong. This is based on no information that they were holding it back as you know, like a marketing bump. It almost feels like after reading the interview with the devs that Nintendo posted on their website a while back and where they talked about how difficult it was to get the motion controls right. It almost feel, felt feels like something they just needed more time to perfect before it yeah. went out into the wild. I mean, I, I think it's also just interesting to, like, soccer is one of the more... Not, I mean, all, all of the games are actually quite good, right, it, in, um, in Nintendo Switch Sports. I can't believe I don't know how to work the timer on my phone. Stop. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Oh, that all, all the games are good, right? And I think there's a certain amount of jank that we all sort of put up with in, like, Wii Sports um, that uh, Nintendo Switch Sports, like, really doesn't make you engage with that level of jank. So I wonder if they were just like, uh, you know what? We can make soccer a little jankier if people want to try it with the leg strap. <laughs> and, like, th there's room for it, you know? Like, so there's room for the experimentation, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, they are not doing this. But you know how during the Nintendo Wii Mario Kart, if somebody was playing with motion controls, it would tell you that? Um, yes. And it would be funny if in soccer they told you if somebody was playing with the leg strap. I mean, they still tell you in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe if you're oh, playing you're right. online. You're right. You can see who's using using motion controls. Um, the other thing, just kind of that I think is interesting interesting about Nintendo Switch Sports is it seems to quietly be doing extremely well. When I bought Live Alive last week, uh, and it was like Thursday before the game released, Nintendo Switch Sports was number two on the US eShop, and it's not like it was on sale or anything. It's just like continuing to sell extremely well i mean that it doesn't surprise me that like initial sales for nintendo switch sports wouldn't be uh wouldn't set the world on fire but that it would go on to be a pretty solid seller partially just because like there's the nostalgia for it people like wii sports um and then like a little bit the word of mouth like that all the games work that like it it is both what you remember Wii Sports to be and uh, better at and the I, same time. And I really think tennis is just like for me that's like the killer app of both Nintendo yeah. Switch Nintendo Switch Sports and Wii Sports, where it's just like oh, it is so intuitive and so easy for somebody to just pick up and start playing. Yeah, I mean, I uh, bowling is also that way, right? Like, um. And the, the, the way that it presents bowling uh, as you're playing online is super fun and super, like, engaging. You feel like you're part of a, a bowling night, even though it lasts for, like, three minutes. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a great little package. Last week, Nintendo also released the first of three planned updates for Mario Strikers Battle League. It added two new characters, Daisy and Shy Guy, were added to the game, plus a new stadium in Desert Ruin and more gear in night gear like uh medieval knight mm -hmm. and and not like knight rider that's not like the talking car not like knight rider not like knight as in everybody is wearing different sleepwear you know luigi's out mm. here in like a um 1800s dressing gown and a big like sleeping cap although that would be cute i don't know why we don't have that <laughs> 
Uh, Nintendo also promises two more free updates to the game before the end of the year with more characters, more gear, and more stadiums, but no word on any new like modes or anything like that. Right. Uh, and kind of no word on uh, like what the should we expect um, two characters in each uh, drop of these, uh, like two characters, some gear and one stadium. Is that what it'll be like for all of these? Uh, will they be done updating it after the end of the year um, or will it continue into 2023? Uh, kind of just stuff we, we don't know. Um, it does feel weird to me that they like a month later put out Daisy and Shy Guy like. But I don't know. It, 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 it To me, it just kind of feels like they're treating it like they've treated um, the Mario Golf game and yeah. Mario Tennis and Aces. Tennis. Yeah. Which, but, and maybe this is my fault, uh, but because it wasn't developed by Camelot, because it was like this other thing, I was expecting it to not be treated that way i don't know what my expectations were um you know and i still have not picked up the game because the uh i feel like the general consensus around it is that it's disappointing and having not played it i don't really know if that's like earned or not but it felt like on a different tier than those other games in at least expectation and so mm -hmm. i think it's kind of a victim of that yeah, it, it is certainly the victim of higher expectations, right? I think like people have a uh, a high regard for Mario Strikers as 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 a series. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what what the game. I I, I don't know. It, for for me, it seems I feel like uh, if I end up getting this game, it'll be after all this extra content is out, and then I can just experience the whole thing like uh there, there's some part of me that kind of wants to go back and pick up mario golf super rush now that like all that stuff is out and just uh play the complete package instead of you know half a game um as it was released a year and a half ago yeah nintendo has put out put a notice on its japanese support site that everyone should stop using the nintendo wi-fi usb connector Right, so I understand if you've got to put the podcast down now and go find your Nintendo Wi-Fi USB connector and unplug it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was an accessory for the Nintendo DS and Wii for people that didn't have Wi-Fi. It's hard. Which this is this is awesome. It it, 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 it uh, like remember the world where it wasn't a, a, a foregone conclusion that you would have Wi-Fi in your house. Yeah. Um. And the DS and the Wii could only connect to the internet via Wi-Fi. And so it it was basically, it's a, like a USB drive, you know, like thumbstick looking thing that, which in and of itself might be a relic at this point. I might be describing one relic with another relic, but you plugged it. I think it, that's okay. You plugged <laughs> it into your computer, assuming that the computer had a wired connection to your router. Um, and it like generated a Wi-Fi signal for... Nintendo Switch Online may, may not even been a Wi-Fi signal. I don't know exactly how it worked. But basically, just to connect to your Nintendo DS or Wii. But chances are you aren't using this. Um, the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection service was shut down in 2014. So unless you, like, modded it or something, it's been non-functional for a while. But the reason you should st stop using it is because the device uses WEP, which is an insecure Wi-Fi connection algorithm, Plus, the adapter contains a bug where it is it can be infected with malware. So mm. stop using it. 
all this also applies to the Nintendo to the network adapter that was sold only in Japan. So this is not look if you have the uh, the like wired uh, Ethernet um, connector thing for your Switch, that's okay. That's a different product, right? That's this is like from 15 years ago, if you can believe it. <laughs> Nintendo Live, an official Nintendo fan event, is returning to Japan October 8th and 9th, 2022. They've held this before. The last one was in 2019. No surprise, they haven't had it uh, for the last couple of years. But if it is has like a lot of different cool events within it, um, Splatoon 3 and Animal Crossing New Horizons are having live concerts. At yes. the last event, there was a yes. there was a Splatoon 2 concert, which in and of itself was cool. They put it on YouTube. But at the very beginning, to kick it off, like KK Slider made a surprise appearance. It's it's worth finding it on YouTube just for the fan reaction in the arena for when KK Slider shows up because New Horizons was still a few months away. People yep. were really hyped. Um, it's 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 really fun and it's really cool to see the Splatoon three music being played or Splatoon two music being played live. Um, so, Mark, uh, how are we going to this? <laughs> well, uh, it turns out we're probably not because they're doing a lottery system for select attendees, and I'm guessing um, that uh, uh, we're just not going to be able to make it work. Just that that, that two forty year old dudes from California <laughs> aren't, aren't going to get on that list. <laughs> probably not. Um, All right. Splatoon three, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Nintendo Switch Sports and Mario Kart Eight Deluxe are having tournaments during the event. Plus, the Japanese comedy duo Yoko had Yoiko had a session has a session where they will play Nintendo Switch Sports. There's prizes for attendees who play select games. It seems just like uh, a really cool thing. Yeah, um, I th- I still think we should try to go. <laughs> uh, I don't think people should expect like any announcements around it. You know, um, no. I think it is really just kind of like a fan gathering sort of event. T- Takeo Yamane, a 27-year Nintendo veteran, has left the company to join Platinum Games as a new vice president. Hmm. Yamane was most recently the general manager of the licensing department at Nintendo. And in an interview with Famitsu, Yamane says that he had just turned 50 and was looking for a new challenge. Um, plus, he felt like Platinum needed him more than Nintendo did. Like, Platinum doesn't have any experience as a publisher. So, he that is, like, the part of the business that he is going to lead. And he says that his leaving Nintendo was peaceful. Um, what a weird neg uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to Platinum. Uh, they need me more than Nintendo does. Um a 27-year veteran, just turned 50, so he started at Nintendo when he was 22, if he just turned 50? Yeah. Hard. It, it's just difficult for me to comprehend being at a company that long. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, really, like, after, like, four years, it's like, all right, what am, what am I still doing here? <laughs> Finally, we already knew that the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U eShops would stop allowing new purchases next March, but now we know the specific date. Uh, Monday, March 27th, 2023 is the day the eShop no longer allows downloads. So mark your calendars. Um, hmm. It's I'm I'm glad that if it has to be March 2022, that it is as late 
in March uh, as 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 they are uh, said that the twenty seventh is as as late as you can go. Um, Mark, do you think that means they're closing those down because they're opening up a new shop in March twenty twenty three so they can sell bomber Super Bomberman R two on, uh, on the next generation of Switch? That's right. The um the Bomberman art uh theory of new hardware launch still lives. Yes. We're believing it. <laughs> um and yes because i also think it's true that nintendo has a uh well in this case it's a one in two out policy with shops so i they <laughs> they have to shut down the 3ds and e wii u e shops before another one can come onto the scene uh yeah, I mean, obviously, this is uh, this is a, a, a bummer. They are such good eShops, both uh, both the 3DS and and the Wii U eShops. Um, you know, to date, you uh, or at, at the moment, you cannot add money to to either of those shops with a credit card, at least not directly. You can do it if it's linked to your um, Switch account, um, but otherwise, you can add money with. Uh, gift cards although how how much longer is that functionality available not that so just about a month longer so august 29th you're not going to be able to add funds using a gift card um you can you'll still be able to redeem download codes but again that also goes away in march 2023 one kind of like weird wrinkle to all this is that fire emblem fates on the 3ds eShop will stop being available for sale on february 28th so like a month before the huh. shop shuts down the dlc it, that'll still be available until march 27th but the base game for whatever reason is going away a month earlier what kind of sense does that make yeah i have no i have no idea do you think it's like a uh like licensing deal that runs out just like a month before or i don't really know I mean, maybe, oh, I don't... Maybe, okay, maybe it's actually hmm. the intention is kind. Maybe the idea is that you, they aren't selling it the 27th because then you could purchase it and play the game and be like, wow, I really wish I could play the DLC, but oops, it's not available. But the DLC will still be available. Right, because I, I guess what I'm saying is maybe they're making you purchase it ahead of time so that way you have right. that month grace period to be like oh yeah i played the base game now i want the dlc it doesn't really make sense it doesn't really make sense it is weird that it's the last day of february like there there is yeah you're right there must be some like contractual obligation or, or something here um uh i wonder if fire emblem fates is coming to another platform huh i don't know yeah i'm just I'm I'm doing too much prognosticating here at the end of uh, the the 3ds and Wii U eShops, which is a sad thing that should be given its own uh, its own oxygen. Uh, but uh, I I just I can't I I want to I want us to move on to like bigger and better things and not just say goodbye to a a, a nice library. Uh, Mark, we have done uh, we we did an episode. I think at the beginning of the year, maybe end of last year, about what we lose when these uh, shops shut down. Um, and we tried to keep it to a, a, a brisk like five items each. Um, but I think we uh, talked for like an hour and a half and got emotional. Um, so if, if anyone is, is looking for a bunch of amazing games to play on either uh, or both of these platforms, um, check out that episode. Um, it's a great list of recommendations. Uh, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. 
That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or any kind of place where podcasts are hosted and listened to by you. Uh, if you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter or any place where you can share stuff. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. Thank you.